TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 516, as I have it. And boy, oh boy, today's episode is a cracker. I have nothing to do with the topic. The great wellness guru of the southern and northern hemispheres combined. That's right, the number one wellness and longevity expert in the planet, on the planet, in Australia, around the world has come up with today's topic, and I speak of the great man, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, Lee? <laughs> Pissy. I never get tired of it. 516 episodes down, and your introductions are unbelievable. Pissy, bloody love being here with you again. Um, 516 weeks in a row, and we we are going strong. You and I are stronger than ever. We have got longevity in our legs, and it's uh, it feels like we're not even a quarter of the way through the marathon at the moment. But uh, I'm so excited, and this is a good topic to talk about today. I often get asked, um, or you know, about nutrition, all that sort of thing. Uh, and and I have to, I'll be honest with you, PC. Over the last few years, I've kind of dismissed a bit of the nutrition stuff. I got a little bit humdrum, ho hum, stinking thinking about nutrition because it all became a little bit too Instagram, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, and statusy, statusy. Stat- yeah, statusy. Yeah. Um, and 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 so that kind of led me to feel like the experts in nutrition are those who are the best looking ones. Um, they've the, got the best the least amount of clothes on, and they've yep. got a great Instagram profile with heaps of followers. Um, but more recently, I've been getting asked by the media to provide commentary about certain things, and it's come back to diet again. And the same old stuff continues to come up. And so then recently you and I did an information session about coming to Ikaria, right? Coming to, to Ikaria with us in 2023. Which, and we had if this you're listening to this, session. sorry, I'm going to interrupt you and do a little plug because I never plug it. Okay. If you're listening to this and you go, Ikaria, hold on a minute, what, what? Yes, we are going back, believe it or not, to the other side of the planet, the little Greek island known as the island where people forget to die, June 12 to 21. If you're an urgency addict and go, oh, that would be the best thing ever. Go to 100notout.com, 100notout.com, and click the link to apply. And now back to you, O Wise One. <laughs> Thanks, Piercy. Uh, nice little interlude. And so we then um, we, we spoke about um, how life catches up with you. And you don't know. Like you get to 60, 65, 70, and something happens. You didn't feel it happening. You weren't aware that it was happening. You didn't know that it could happen. And all of a sudden, You've been struck down with something. And so I was thinking, you know, you and I often discuss purpose, engagement, and movement. They're the top three best sellers for the things that you can work on and modify and implement into your lifestyle to enhance your chances of longevity. But the one thing that we often miss and we don't really give enough chat to are the things that we need to do to avoid chronic disease. Because chronic disease, uh, or the three main chronic diseases, there are probably four, uh, the three main chronic diseases are the things that will take our lifespan, chew it up and spit it out, and, and, we'll, and, and will take us prematurely. And that's, and that's heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. 
and we we want to know people want to know what are the things that we need to do to avoid those chronic diseases so that we can implement those other three things movement purpose and engagement to help us live a full long and healthy life and so i wanted to talk about that today pc oh this is so good i've written this down what's number four heart disease diabetes cancer number four is uh it's well it's dementia i was going to say dementia which is yeah, even being said it's been number two now the thing is with alzheimer's if we're to say that it's alzheimer's if we don't know enough about it yet, it's weird that we don't know enough about it because so much money has been poured into that. But I think they're barking up the wrong tree, to be honest with you, in my opinion. My opinion, and I've read some studies, but not all of the studies, but my opinion around Alzheimer's, and I'm having to get very up-to-date with Alzheimer's because it's very close in our family at the moment. So I'm trying to learn more about it. My opinion is they're barking up the wrong tree. They've They've seen black and white stripes in the bush, and they think it's a zebra, but it's actually just a Collingwood supporter. And I, and I I want to tell them they're chasing the wrong thing. Um, but I'm well, no let's medical do expert. a couple of episodes on dementia because yeah. I always refer to our number one, which was episode 42, Professor Michael Woodward. Yeah. Um, and him talking about, you know, just moving sufficiently prevents 42% of dementia. But he also spoke about the tower tangles and the plaques. And there's a few experts out there that I think are – um, seeing the Collingwood supporters rather than the zebras, Damo, yeah. that are important that, that we have on this uh, podcast. So I definitely definitely want to want to make sure that, that we do that. Um, how to prevent chronic disease. It's actually such a good topic because so many people just think that it's a normal part of aging. And yeah. let me just have two minutes of high horse for a minute before handing back to the number one longevity and wellness expert in the world. Jump on. And that is yeah. that Australia gets all this kudos for being so good at longevity we live to 83 84 but what everyone forgets is the quality of our longevity sucks we go from eighth on the ladder to 21st for quality and that's because the last 12 plus years are spent with chronic disease increased meds for the heart disease or the diabetes and increased time in hospitals and nursing homes for the cancer and the dementia and a tidal wave of financial physical emotional stress that no one listening to this podcast deserves. And if people think that's just uh, or won't happen to me, all you, get, all you have to do is look at the statistics, and the statistics are the common man and woman, if we're allowed to say that these days. And so this is common, but it is anything but normal. And so we want you to be abnormal. If you're listening to this podcast, we don't want you to be on the stat sheet. We want you to be the exception to the rule. We want you to be off it. And so handing back the mic to the great DJK, how to prevent chronic disease, in other words, how to prevent 12-plus years of morbidity, over to you, brother. Ah, thanks, PC. That was a good two minutes. I love your little interludes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the other day I was interviewed um, on one of our great friends' podcast, Joe Joe Whitten, Quirky Joe, and uh, we discussed cholesterol. So I'm not going to go into great detail about cholesterol because – in the spirit of cross-promotion and cross-pollination, I'm going to say, if you want to learn more about cholesterol, go listen to that podcast because I don't think I could have done any better job. And it goes for about 90 minutes. So I nice. can't just sum that up in what I've got now, probably 15 minutes to go. I can't just sum that up in this space. But suffice to say that the very principles that help prevent heart disease are the very principles that help prevent colon cancer and are the very principles that help prevent diabetes. So the, these three things, which are inflammatory diseases, 
uh, so linked that the only thing that kind of pushes you in a direction of either one of those three or a combination of those three is most likely your family heritage, so your genetics, um, and then potentially other other risk factors that might combine. So, for example, if you get really stressed and you get anxious and you're drinking too much coffee and you're not sleeping at night time, and then as a result your diet goes to the poo and you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables and subsequently become constipated um, and you're craving more carbohydrates and rich uh, proteins and you're craving heaps of carbs, then you're probably then painting a picture for the lottery of those three things like diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. And there's a few th things there that, I, that I, I dropped in that combination. I said stress, number one. I said inflammatory. So number two, they're infl these are inflammatory-based diseases. So it's driven by inflammation from your lifestyle, not just inflammation from your diet and not just inflammation from your physical self. So if you've got low back pain or neck pain or anything else, that's inflammation. So if you've got inflammation somewhere in your body, which we, most of us do, but if, if it's out of control, then it's going to drive other disease processes. Um, and the other thing that I said uh, it was constipation. And you might think that that's kind of a bit funny, but the longer the stuff that starts in S and ends in T sits in your gut, the longer that stuff's in your gut, the more full of it you are, the more likely you are to be growing pieces of skin, skin tags known as polyps in your gut. You don't want those things to be hanging around. Um, the longer that stuff's inside your gut, the, the worse it is for you. So you're better off getting your poos out every 12 to 24 hours, which well, you know, I feel like I've spoken about ad nauseum over the last 15 to 20 years. So you know, that's very, very important. Make sure that you're moving your bowels regularly. Don't be constipated. Um, so I mentioned that. And then I also mentioned like the craving of proteins. Um, so these are the quick, fast cooked proteins that taste really salty and fatty. So that'll be the fried meats and the fried, fried proteins, or even the cured meats and cured proteins. Um, combined with carbohydrates, that's dynamite. That, that, that they're right there. Is hard You're to talking a Big Mac, aren't you? Just talking a Big Mac. Well, <laughs> yeah. not just a Big Mac, but it might be the old French, um, the French meal, the steak and chips, the steak and fritz. You know, yeah. like chicken parma, parma in a pot, parma in a pot. Like the yeah, the, exactly. But it could be some people go, oh yeah, but I love rice, um, and so they just do rice, and and maybe then they're also having some wagyu with the rice. So having a high mm. fat, high protein with rice, or high fat, high protein with potatoes. And it's that combination that's the dynamite. Uh, and, and high fat, high protein, high carb is a bad combo. They haven't, they haven't done the palm method. <laughs> They're out of balance, PC. They're out of balance. Uh, so what I did talk about in, in Joe's podcast was getting the balance right. And so we spoke about entering the zone, the zone diet from Dr. Barry Sears. We spoke about that um, as a way to, in which you could balance out your insulin response to your meals. Um, but the take-home message from that was that having lots of plants, so heaps of plants with protein and then some good quality fats is great, which is what you and I would call Mediterranean, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think any other researcher on the planet would call that Mediterranean. If you had high fat with high carbohydrate, that could be very, very bad, like very, very bad. So if you had well, the high American fat, diet. Like, What's the American standard American standard Australian? The sad diet, yeah. yeah. The sad diet. But even if you know, like we see people so if we look at India, for example, 
look at the Indians. They're the highest rates of diabetes on the planet. You know, Indians, mm. like India, like East East Asian Indians, not American Indians. Yeah. So the East Asian Indians, they have like the highest rates of diabetes on the planet. They're vegetarian a lot of the time, um, but they use a lot of saturated fat and rice at the same time. So they're going the high carb, high saturated fat diet. Um, but have they been Americanized as well? Because this is the same in Okinawa with the the grandkids of the centenarians. They're the unhealthiest Japanese people in the country, but it's because Okinawa is a military base and it's KFC and Macca's and Pizza Hut and they don't want to eat what their grandparents want to feed them. So could there be a bit of that as well with India? Uh, possibly, but I doubt it. And that's kind of not the direction I was going with that, with their their food. Because when we were in New, when I was living in New Zealand, we did a, we did some research into this, and the Department of Health, um, and at the time that was uh, run by Damien Damien O'Connor, and he um, wanted to find out, you know, what was happening in the populations. And so we, we looked at all of the various populations in New Zealand, including the Indigenous, the Maori people, and the Pacific Island people, and then the Pakeha people, which is the white people. Um, and then the Indian populations, of which the Indian population is a significant size in New Zealand, then, and then Asian populations uh, throughout um, New Zealand. And the, the group that actually had the highest rates of diabetes in New Zealand were the Indians. Now, wow. the, ne- the next um, big disease there was heart disease and obesity, right? And, and that was with the Maldi people and the Pacific Island people. They had a, a significant issue with that. And that's where I'd say they've been Americanized because that's the burger – um, fish and chips, pizza, KFC kind of thing, right? That's that thing. Um, but the Indians, uh, they were definitely, by and large, trying to follow a plant-based diet, you would say, but because they were cooking with lots of saturated fat, in this case, palm oil, um, and then using lots of spices, which is delicious and perfect, and you want to do spices, but then having it with rice, um, that was the problem. It was unbalanced. It was out of balance. They didn't have enough mm-hmm. protein. And they had too much saturated fat, which became an issue. So we might say that saturated fat is fine. Saturated fat is fine in the absence of something that's going to spike insulin. So the thing that spikes insulin is high-carbohydrate diets or high-sugar diets, and that's going to spike insulin. So we, my advice there is to be aware of the type of fat that you're consuming. So I said this, PC, you might recall this, that when we're doing the wellness guys, when I was, you know, doing this with LT and and Bretto, we would often, you know, have discussions about it. And Brett went very heavy into the paleo diet, which I, I really like the paleo diet when it's clean paleo. And the and I've always used keto in my, you know, programs um, in my practice with people trying to lose weight, but it's always been clean keto. So you've got the dirty paleo, dirty keto, and clean keto, clean paleo, and that cleanness is about the appropriate types of fats that are beneficial always for the human body without any kind of gray area. So with coconut oil, for example, which is a saturated fat, um, it does contain mono, um, monounsaturated fats, but it's primarily saturated fat um, and not a lot of polyunsaturated fat in there. The polyunsaturated fat is hugely beneficial for our body, so it's olive oil um, and you know plant-based oils that are raw not canola, not rice bran, but avocado <laughs> and macadamia nut oil are great, and olive oil, of course, is the best. Now, there's no argument. There's no argument from anybody that olive oil is healthy and good for you. No argument from anybody that avocado oil and macadamia nut oil are healthy and good for you. But there's a bit of conjecture around coconut oil. I'm not bagging it out. It's just that 
coconut oil can be beneficial and it can be detrimental. So it's not mm. a blanket rule across the board that coconut oil is good for you. So if you're going to go high And a large fat, chunk of that is genetic as well, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's a little bit that's, – that's a genetic predisposition as to whether or not you can get rid of saturated fat efficiently or – or you can't, right? And so my thing is if you want to play it safe, like you want to bat in the V, that we, you know, 100 not out to cricket metaphor, batting in the V, he's just blocking it out and playing the long game. That That's a cricket metaphor. If you want to bat in the V, then choose the oils that are hugely beneficial to you, and that's olive oil, macadamia nut oil, and avocado oil. Stick with those. And if you've got to cook with oils, then cook on a low heat, don't cook on a high heat. The The very fact that we have to talk about like the flash point or the smoke point of an oil means that we're making our pans too hot, which means that we're trying to, you know, cook too fast. You're better off never. Yeah, well, that's that's the about... symptom, isn't it? People want their food now, so they yeah. want to cook it high because it cooks it quicker. And yeah, um, this just reminds me of like when we go to Ikaria and they're like, we would never cook on anything above medium heat, you know. And a lot of the food they'll cook on low heat, and they'll just slow cook it and let it take its time and let the vegetables saute and and yes, we have some. Uh, what do we have? Some zucchini croquettes, yep. which go in the uh, deep fried. high heat olive oil. Yeah. But uh, one, it's shallow fried. Two, um, it's olive oil. Yeah. And it's definitely not canola oil. No. Um, and I think you're often saying like people forget that the the smoke point of olive oil is a lot higher than the smoke point of coconut. Was it coconut oil? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people feel like they've just been. Sucked into. I remember when you first said that. I'm like, oh, because we were cooking with coconut oil. We were on the bandwagon. And like now, I only ever cook with olive oil. Yeah. Um, and I'm much more responsible around around. Yeah, very rarely am I ever on high heat. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how quickly and almost like. Um, do you ever find like stove tops are almost like they're nudging you to cook with high heat? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a bigger image. It, that's where the big image is. You know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like that's yeah. the that's the target. Like it's um, high. Like you go, yeah. You know, you, when you when you're driving, you want to go as quickly, as fast as you can, right? And you know that when you get to the maximum, that's the best. And so, like, you feel yes. like if your stovetop can get to like eleven instead of ten, that'd be even better, right? <laughs> you ten percent better, <laughs> but that's less healthy for you. So, I was, I, and I'm going to be going on the radio um, on actually this. This podcast will drop on Monday, and I'm going to be on the radio on the Monday that this drops, and I'm going to be talking about um, fruits and vegetables again because the dietitians um, are still saying three plus two, so they're saying three veggies and two fruits. Now the research no. is now saying that that's not enough. <laughs> okay, great. So now the research is caught up. Now they're suggesting that maybe seven serves a day might be almost enough, but the research. 30 years ago, he said 15 serves a day is what we need to be having, 15 different serves of fruits and vegetables every single day. And and so what I want to do is highlight the way in which we decrease our chronic disease risk, and that is by eating more fruits and vegetables, having the most appropriate type of proteins that we can have, not too much, just enough, like 100, 150, maximum 200 grams in a serve of a protein. Um, cook it slowly so it's not, you know, cooked to smithereens, and then use a, an oil that is always going to be healthy for you, and that's mm. olive oil, of course. So I'd, I'd encourage people to consider that. But it's it's a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. Now, what's interesting is that in Australia, men still consume 
why less fruits and vegetables than women? Why less? But what's interesting is that fruits and vegetables have been shown to decrease heart disease, diabetes, and bowel cancer, mainly in men, mainly in men, which is amazing. Not so much in women. Now, not that we're saying to the women, try and decrease your fruits and vegetables because you don't need to eat that many. What we're saying is that they're already at at a decreased risk of these diseases because of their genetic makeup and the hormones that they've got. But for men, as we get older, we increase our inflammatory cascade and our inflammatory profile. And if we eat foods that promote that, we're in more trouble. And if we don't eat foods that protect us, we are in deep trouble. Oh, this is so awesome. I'm loving hearing you put on your professional hat, even though we wear it every week. But this is this is the high-level demo. Um, we've only just scratched the, sur- the surface. I want to make this a double episode, brother. So are you happy to... Uh, take a breath, and we'll continue this conversation on the next edition of 100 Not Out. Yeah, let's do that, PC. Because I really want to talk about stress and genetics, particularly genetics. We've done a lot on stress um, over the years, but genetics is a big one that a lot of people feel like they succumb to, particularly when the diagnosis hits, and it's like they understand it beforehand, and then it happens, and then it's like, oh. So we'll talk about that, but Damo, thanks again as always for giving your heart and soul uh, to our 100 Not Out listeners, and uh, can't wait to have another chat with you on the next edition of 100 Not Out. Fantastic, PC. My pleasure. I love it. For everyone that is listening, make sure you uh, come and check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're at 100 Not Out on Insta. Uh, Facebook, we're 100 Not Out. You've got to spell it all out. We're not overly active, but it's it's good to be connected if you want to connect with us personally. Um, Damo, what's your Instagram? Do you know? Yeah, I think it's Damien Christoph. But let me just say something else. Um, I was yeah. chatting to a guy yesterday, and uh, he wanted to watch us on YouTube, and so he typed in 100 Not Out, and it's some dude from India talking about the cricket. 100 Not Out on YouTube is uh, is the cricket. So if you want to go and watch any of the old episodes that we did live to Facebook, I've got most of them up on YouTube, but it's The Secrets of Longevity is that you got to look up. It's The Secrets of Longevity. Uh, That's how YouTube handles go. Mm. There you go. Um, and make sure you subscribe on Spotify and iTunes and all the other places and five-star ratings and all that jazz. You know we love your support. And we're always open to questions. So you can always pop a DM into our socials, ask a question, um, and we would love to uh, talk about that on any edition of 100 Not Out. Um, until next week, folks, thank you for your support. We will continue this conversation on the next edition of 100 Not Out. And until then, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.